welcome to the Beyond Sugar Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, holistic nutrition coach and speaker. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode on the Beyond Sugar Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, and I am over the moon excited to be welcoming in a very, very special guest and a new friend of mine, Ben Azadi, here with us on the podcast today. So before we dive in to this incredible interview and conversation that I just had with Ben, um, I want to share the weekly update, weekly insight with all of you as per usual, something that's really been coming through strong for me lately as I've been going through some some big changes and some big shifts and really some big challenges over the last few months is this reminder to stay focused on the bigger picture. I know sometimes we can get really stuck in the details, especially if we're going through a challenging time or there's a situation that's causing us some trouble. You know, it can be so easy to get caught up in all the things that aren't working or all the all the struggles or all the little nitty gritty details. And something that really has been serving me lately is really just remembering the bigger picture, taking a step back, you know, taking some space, even go out for a walk, you know, turn off your computer, put your phone down, right? Give yourself some space to actually see the bigger picture and reflect on, okay, what actually matters in life? What's actually worth worrying about, right? Oftentimes we just get so blindsided and we think that the problem we're in is bigger than it actually is. And when we take a step out of that, big, we can really start to see the bigger picture and that brings such a sense of, of calm and ease, at least it has to me. So that's your, your little quick, short and sweet reminder today, you know, step back and look at the bigger picture of your life, even of the problem that maybe you're struggling with, the bigger picture of what's going on with your relationship with food. I mean, just having some space and some perspective, we looking at things with a different lens or a different perspective can be really, really powerful in helping us shift out of wherever we're at or, or whatever we're challenged with. So hopefully that inspires you to do the same. Now, before I play the interview with Ben, uh, those of you who don't know who Ben is, um, in 2008, Ben Azadi went through a personal health transformation of shredding 80 pounds of pure fat. Ever since, Ben Azadi has been on a mission to help 1 billion people live a healthier lifestyle. Ben is the author of four best-selling books, Keto Flex, The Perfect Health Booklet, The Intermittent Fasting Cheat Sheet, and The Power of Sleep. Ben has been the go-to source for intermittent fasting and the ketogenic diet for years. He's also known as the health detective because he investigates dysfunction and he educates, not medicates, to bring about the body back to normal function. Ben is the founder of Keto Camp, a global brand bringing awareness to ancient healing strategies such as keto and fasting. He is also the host of a top 15 podcast, the Keto Camp podcast, and the fast-growing Keto Camp YouTube channel with over 130,000 subscribers, and on TikTok with over 200,000 subscribers. So needless to say, Ben is an expert in all things, you know, ketogenic diet, fasting, and I really love his approach, you know, in very much in alignment with what we stand for here on the podcast is bringing in the mindset, you know, the, the, the beyond the physical pieces of our relationship with food and kind of diving into those. So in the talk that, and the interview we have today, you know, we really do dive into that mindset and Ben shares with us how we can start to take responsibility for our health and why that is so key in our journey to, to really healing ourselves. 
We also talk about what is keto and who would benefit from it. Does everybody benefit from it? Are there some people who shouldn't do keto? We talk about that. We also dive into keto flexing, which is so fascinating. I learned a lot, you know, in this conversation today with Ben myself and really, really fascinating. Um, the way he shares this is so approachable and, and really eye-opening. I know you're going to get a lot a lot out of it. Uh, we talk about best, best tips to get started for keto. Um, also some really common unhealthy keto and fasting mistakes that most people are making. And we talk about vitamin G, the power of vitamin G and how to get it for free and how so many people are actually deficient in vitamin G. So, so much more. We obviously have such a great time chatting and, and a lot of uh, really powerful insights and things came out of just our back and forth conversation in this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's play that episode right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on the Beyond Sugar Freedom podcast. We're being joined by a very special guest today and a new friend of mine, Ben Azadi, is here with us. How's it going, Ben? Danielle, it's going quite well. Grateful to be with you today and your awesome audience. Good. Yes. Well, I'm really excited to have you here because this is a conversation we haven't yet had on the podcast. And I was thinking of people to bring in, talking about keto, talking about a lot of these things that we're going to dive into. Your name was top of the list. I knew I had to get you in here because you are such an expert in this space. And obviously when we're talking about you know, limiting our, our sugar intake or just our whole relationship with sugar, we definitely have to ha look at, you know, keto and look at all these amazing things that you're going to be sharing with us today. So let's dive in and let's, let's start off for anybody who doesn't know you, you know, um, sharing a bit of your backstory. You know, I know you've got such an inspirational, powerful story and would love for my audience to, to hear that. And then maybe, um, you know, from there diving into what you do today and, and how you support people. Absolutely. Yeah. So my story in a nutshell is uh, I followed a standard American diet growing up here in beautiful Miami Beach, Florida, where I still currently live. And I was a really bad kid left to my own devices, addictions to not just sugar and food, but to video games and drugs and a really toxic environment. So I found myself back in 2008, 24 years old, 250 pounds, physically obese, mentally obese, addicted to drugs, video games, food, sugar, and actually wanting to give up on life. I was going through a very difficult time in my life where my, my girlfriend at that time broke up with me. We were together for over three years and I was devastated. I didn't do any kind of self-developmental work. I didn't know how to handle the pain. So for me, the solution was, okay, I don't want to be in pain every day. I'm, I'm crying every day and I keep going to the refrigerator looking for answers. I just want to end my life. And I kept exploring ending my life. And every time I explored that, I kept thinking about my mom. And every time I thought about my mom and what she would have to deal with if I took my life, it stopped me. But it was a vicious cycle, Danielle, of looking for ways to end my life, thinking about my mom, stopping myself. And this happened for months and months and months until eventually my best friend, Ronald and his wife, Carla, they handed me a book and they said, you know, you're going through a difficult time. I think you should read this book. So I read the book. And one book led to five books, which led to 10, 20, 30. I just became obsessed with studying incredible authors like Bob Proctor, who I have actually right behind me in this portrait, um, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Lisa Nichols. And the, these books opened up a whole new world to me. I, I didn't even know existed. And the books did a lot for me. But the number one thing the books did for me the books helped me take ownership and responsibility. And that word responsibility is our greatest ability. That is our ability to respond to life. 
my ability to respond to life up until that moment was really poor. I was the victim of my genetics, the victim of my blaming my enabling family members, my slow metabolism. I mean, whatever I could blame, I blamed. And that's a victim mindset. But the ownership and responsibility started to come in. And I actually said those words, I am responsible. And I went in a second from being a victim of my history to now being the victor of my destiny. And I started to exercise. I started to eat better. I started to discover my why, my purpose. And I went through this incredible transformation of losing 80 pounds, going from 34% body fat, 6% body fat. And I finally achieved a physical six pack. But the most important thing that I achieved was a mental six pack. I really started to understand how important your thoughts are towards healing your body, towards getting rid of these addictions and creating healthier habits. And that's what got me started. And that was 14 years ago. Now I've started Keto Camp uh, several years ago. We're teaching of these ancient healing strategies like ketosis, which we'll get into, but that's my story in a nutshell. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ben. You, you've been through a lot. And I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of you listening might be in that space right now. Um, I know I can relate a lot to that. I've, I've had some pretty low lows and that was the turning point for me as well. And, um, you know, I, I'm really grateful for you talking about that openly. I think it's really important. And, you know, one of the reasons why I, I'm, you know, knew that I had to have you on this podcast, cause we're not just talking about diet here, right? This is the mental, I love how you say the mental six pack, right? Yeah. This is so much more about our mindset and taking ownership. You know, one of the things that I always share, right, is, is this journey to taking your power back, right? Like how many of us have been raised to think we are powerless, right? And everything outside of us is the problem. Um, and it has nothing to do with us, right? So this, this step of stepping into taking responsibility for where you're at, right? And understanding that you create your own reality and, and really going from there is, is so, um, that, was a, that was a big turning thing for me as well when we can change that, that piece, right? And yeah, so it's grateful great, that you it, did. Yeah, it's that's our greatest power. Our, you know, animals don't have that power. A, a dog, my dog sleeping right here, a cat, a pig, a horse, they don't have the ability to choose their thoughts. Human beings are the only species on planet Earth that have the ability to choose their thoughts. And your thoughts, whatever you think about most of the time, you become. Mm. So if you're think if you're blaming people and you're playing the victim card, and we're not trying to, we're not downplaying your circumstances where we are empathetic towards what you might be going through. But if you remain in that victim mindset, that gets you nowhere. But when you take ownership and responsibility, the, the universe, God starts to conspire to kind of put things in your way and people in your life to help you. But it really starts with ownership and responsibility. And the greatest power you have as a human being is the ability to choose your thoughts. So when you have that negative thought, what I call a stinking thinking thought, choose a powerful thought, choose a loving thought, an abundant thought and get really good at that. And that's where you really start to take off with your results. Yeah. Love that message. Um, you know, I, I echo that exactly. That's what I've noticed with myself and my clients, right? Like, and, and it's, it sounds easier than it is though, right? Like oh, for sure. choosing those thoughts <laughs> when you're having like a really dark day, which I know a lot of us have had over the last two years, you know, how do you stay committed to that? Like what, uh, um, you know, what did you find really worked in, in helping you in those days where you just, you feel like you're just in that negative spiral, you know, what sort of things can people do to, to remember the good thoughts, right. To choose a better thought in that moment when it seems so difficult. It's a great question. And I always go back to universal laws because universal laws cannot be argued. For example, you might not believe in gravity, which is a universal law, but I could hold up, I could hold up something 
in my hands and drop it. And even though you don't believe in gravity, I mean, obviously it exists. It's a universal law, right? So there are more universal laws. One of them is the law of polarity. That means for every plus, there's a minus. Up, down, left, right, black, white. Uh, there's opposite for everything. So what I'm getting at here is if there's a lot of bad things happening in your life right now, there's something positive from that experience. It, it, something has to be there that's positive because everything balances itself out. If something is really bad, then something really good is going to happen. But too many times we're focusing on the bad and we're playing the victim card that we never get to see the opposite. I truly believe if a door closes, another door opens up. We're just not focusing on the walking through that hallway and seeing all the other doors that are opening up. So law of polarity, every negative has a, a positive and every positive has a negative and understand that whatever is happening to you, it's not necessarily happening to, happening to you. It's happening for you, meaning everything is on the way, not in the way. And if you have that faith, it makes things much more bearable because there's, there's something interesting about faith and fear. Both faith and fear both demand for you to believe in something you cannot see. Why not choose the positive trait? Why not choose something that's going to actually help you, which is faith? So that's where I always go back to universal laws, especially when somebody's having a challenging time. Yeah, I love that. That's so powerful. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, let, let's, let's direct here and, and, uh, redirect and start talking about keto then, um, yeah. you know, this is, let's, let's do it. Let's dive into, and we'll get back into, I mean, obviously this mindset stuff, uh, is, yeah, is so course. important. So I, I love that we started with that. So for anybody who maybe doesn't know, and it feels like, you know, that that's very few people these days, but let's, let's start with, you know, what is keto, a quick overview and who do you see benefiting the most from following this way of eating? Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing really new about keto. It's just, it might be new to you or it might be nuanced, but, but ketosis keto technically is not even a diet. It's a metabolic process. And ketosis has been around for as long as humans have existed. There's really nothing new about it. It's been around forever. All of our ancestors, they went through a process, this metabolic process called ketosis. How do I know that? Well, because they didn't have food. Our ancestors didn't have food readily available to them. So they had to fast whether it was an 18 hour fast, a two day fast, a five day fast. But what happens when you fast is you force yourself to go into ketosis. So what does that mean? Simply means this, you lower your glucose and insulin in your body, which is a good thing because too many people have excess glucose and insulin. And when you lower your glucose and insulin by lowering your carbohydrate intake, all of a sudden now your body has access to your fat stores. All body fat is on your body is, is stored energy. And it's a survival mechanism because your body spikes insulin and your body will store fat to put on body fat during times where there's no food readily available. That worked for several years, but now fast forward to this year that we live in, in this day and age, we're never going through a famine, constant food supply, eating every two to three hours. So we're spiking insulin, glucose, we're storing fat, storing fat, and their survival mechanism is just in play. So by lowering your carbs and maybe eliminating the snacking, you drop insulin. Now your body has access to your body fat. And what happens is your body starts mobilizing that body fat, burning body fat, shuttling some of those fatty acids now to your liver, the soccer mom organ liver. Your liver receives those fatty acids and it starts burning that for fuel. And then the liver produces ketones. This process is called ketogenesis, the birth of ketones. Now, ketones are beneficial because they're, and I could get into the science if you want, but they're going to help yeah. 
with inflammation, reactive oxygen species. Also, this is very important for your brain and mental health, which is a big topic for your audience because fatty acids take a long time to enter the brain. Meaning if you drop glucose and insulin and you only had to rely on fatty acids, you wouldn't be able to function. You would actually feel awful. But ketones, especially beta-hydroxybutyrate, has the ability to cross the blood-brain barrier fast and get into the brain to give you an alternate fuel source, which helps you, your brain become more stable, gets rid of brain fog, it just helps you perform better mentally. So there's so many benefits to ketosis. In general, that is how it works. You got to drop your carbohydrates low enough, tap into body fat, and then you're in this great land of ketosis. Yeah. The, the magical world of ketosis. I love it. <laughs> what, so what is that? What is that level? You know, when you say drop your carbohydrates to a certain level, you know, just for everybody listening, you know, what is that, that kind of level or is it different depending on each person, you know, and, and where they are and you know, what kind of varies there? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm sure somebody was wondering the same thing. It's going to be different for each person, but in general, if you could drop your carbohydrates below 50 total grams for the day, you should enter ketosis if those carbs, those 50 grams of carbs or less are coming from non-starchy green leafy vegetables. If you're very active, you might get away with 75 grams and still be able to get into ketosis, but in general, 50 grams or less per day. Yeah. Awesome. That's a great baseline, right? For everybody yeah. out there, you know, thinking about that. Um, and who do you see, you know, benefiting the most? I mean, is this like everybody should, should get into ketosis every day or, um, is this maybe where we start talking about keto flexing, but I'm just curious, like, you know, for everybody listening, like, is this the right thing for me to, to look into, right. And do, you know, do you see some people that maybe it works best for some that maybe should avoid keto? Like, what do you see there? I, I think everybody could use it, uh, and it's going to benefit them. Now, how long you stay in ketosis will depend on kind of your health history, but here's, here's why I say that, especially in America. And I know, I know you're in Canada and you probably have listeners, it's the from, same. <laughs> but it's very, exactly. It's yeah. very similar. There was a study that came out in 2018 from the university of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And they, the study had thousands of participants in it. And they looked at the participants, if they were on medication, off of medication, they were all adults. They looked at their blood pressure. They looked at their triglycerides, their HDL, entire lipid profile, uh, insulin. They looked at several markers of health and they determined that 88% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. 88.2% to be specific. That means only 12% of us in the United States are metabolically healthy. So if you're in that 88% category, you really need to do something like ketosis, intermittent fasting, and do it the right way and probably stick, in, stick around in ketosis for a few months. Now, if you're metabolically flexible, you could start by going in and out of ketosis right now and you could flex in and out, but that's a small percentage of the population. So most people could really benefit from this amazing tool, but you got to do use the tool the right way because there's not one way to do keto. There are thousands so we got to view it from the lens of cellular health. That's the way we teach it at Keto Camp. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And um, such a, a good reminder and message for people as well. You know, there's there's a healthy and unhealthy way to do anything, right? And to eat so anything. And we need to be careful, right? To not be doing more damage to our body and, and um, you know, in the long run. So yeah, that's that's really, really great to know, right? That hopefully everybody listening, you know, you can start to see, hey, maybe am I, you know, are there some markers, some some unhealthy pieces showing up for me? And maybe this is something that that would be good. So, 
you mentioned in there, and I want to pull out for anybody who doesn't know um, the term metabolically flexible. What does that mean? Hmm. So when we think about the human body, there's 50 to 70 trillion cells inside of the human body. We are incredible. And out of those trillions of cells, we, we only have the ability to pretty much utilize two energy systems. Either the cells are burning glucose, sugar, glucose, I'm going to use those interchange interchangeably, or we're burning fat and using ketones are only two options. The 88% of the people that I mentioned that are metabolically unhealthy, they're stuck burning sugar. How do you know if you're a sugar burner? Well, you have to eat every two to three hours to keep glucose up, to have that brain functioning. If you skip a meal, oh my gosh, stay away from you. You're going to be hangry. That was me. That was me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. Exactly. And that's a big sign that metabolism needs some work. Um, And you have high blood sugars and you're probably going to get type two diabetes, insulin resistance, et cetera. But the other energy system is called the ketogenic energy system, which simply means you're entering ketosis. Now, somebody who's metabolically flexible has the ability to go back and forth between two of those pathways, which is the keto flex principle and feel great. That is the goal. Metabolic flexibility is the goal. That's why when we talk about, when I talk about keto, I'm not dogmatic about it. I don't, I don't think you should be in ketosis for the rest of your life. I believe you should have metabolic flexibility and freedom to go back and forth, but we need to tap into keto because it's so, so healthy and so powerful for the body. Yeah. I love that. I love that non-dogmatic approach. That's, that's really something that, you know, we, we preach here on the podcast, right. And, you know, that freedom to be like, you know, I want to have a glass of wine last night. I had a glass of wine. I was like, this is amazing. You know, I'm going to do this because I can, and I know what works for my body. Right. And um, not getting into that, you know, that restrict and binge kind of, um, you know, danger area for a lot of people as well. So it's good to know that even with keto, right. You can be, you know, get to this place where you can be a bit flexible and, and, you know, um, you know, still have, you know, a supportive and healthy body in that. So what is, I mean, we see it behind you, your amazing book, Keto Flex. What is keto flexing? Um, I know you talk about this and I'm really excited to kind of hear a bit more about this and, and your thoughts on that, or is that exactly what we were talking about? Or is it something different? Yeah, it's very, it's similar to it. I could outline a little yeah. bit more for, yeah. your, for your audience. So, you know, keto flex is the principle that I learned from my mentor, Dr. Daniel Pampa. He has been speaking about this for so many years, and he calls it diet variation, meaning if you really want to thrive and live a long, healthy life and overcome maybe some of the symptoms you might be dealing with, don't fall victim of sticking with the same foods and same diet long term. And that includes keto, paleo, vegan, et cetera. It's the variation in our diet. Think about our ancestors. They always varied their diet. They they varied their nutrition. And there are many, many benefits of doing that. It forces the body to adapt. So he came up with diet variation. I took it to another level, more in the keto space, calling it keto flexing. But in general, keto flexing has four main pillars. And I I go into detail with these pillars in my Keto Camp Academy. But in the book, I give the general guidelines. So the first pillar is called adapt, meaning we want to get fat adapted. We want to get you away from being a sugar burner, like I explained, to being a fat burner. And we can verify that by testing glucose and ketones. And I teach you how to do that within 14 days. That's pillar number one. Pillar number two is called fast, meaning we implement now intermittent fasting strategies where we work on building up this fasting muscle because intermittent fasting checks the box on many of the health benefits you're seeking. Want to fix the gut? intermittent fasting, want to prevent cancer, autophagy through intermittent fasting. You want to turn the brain on and have your BDNF, which is this brain fertilizer flowing through the brain, 
intermittent fasting. So there's so many more, and of course, fat loss, but you know, it's not a really a fat loss tool. It's a health health tool, but as you get healthy, you lose weight. Uh, that's the second pillar. And the third pillar is called phase. Phase means we're phasing out actually all carbohydrates and plant toxins, and we're doing carnivore for 30 to 60 days, which really has a great benefit on the gut. After you finish those three pillars, that should take you about eight to 12 weeks. At this point, you have now become what's called keto adapted. Keto adaptation is, is different than fat adaptation. Fat adaptation will take about 14 days. I could get you fat adapted. Now, keto adaptation means now the mitochondria, which are these energy power plants within your cells, are now very efficient at using ketones as an energy source. And that takes about eight to 12 weeks. So at that point, then you enter the fourth pillar, which is called flex, keto flexing. Now you have more flexibility to do what Danielle did and have your wine, have different foods that might get you out of ketosis. In fact, you're actually intentionally flexing out of ketosis, which is going to help with hormonal conversions. There's a chapter on what it does for cycling women, postmenopausal women, also for men. So it's going to benefit you to have that metabolic flexibility. So in general, it's adapt, fast, phase, and then flex. And I outline all of that in the book. Yeah. Wow. So mind-blowing that, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense, you know, following that kind of, pro and, and, you know, I love the message in that too, for, you know, everyone listening, right. That, that we can go through these therapeutic periods of time, right. I think this is something that, you know, so many people, um, kind of get afraid of when they're, when they're playing around with what they eat, right. And how they eat, it's like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm never going to have, be able to have X again. Right. And then there becomes yeah. this whole kind of scarcity trigger that shows up subconsciously. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to have joy in my life again. Right. Or whatever. And instead of kind of coming at it with the mindset, right. Being like, okay, this is going to be an eight to 12 week process. And then we're going to get you into like feeling amazing and being able to maybe have that flexibility and freedom, um, and that healthier relationship with food that, that we want. Right. So love, right. absolutely love that. And anybody, you know, listening that resonates, obviously grab, grab the book. Um, uh, it's, you know, going to give you a lot more uh, insight into exactly what you were sharing. So yeah, thank, thanks for that, Ben. Thank you. So yeah. now, you know, what would you say are some great spots? You know, I want to make sure everybody listening can, can, I mean, they're getting so much already of what you're sharing, but some tips to get started, you know, whether it's with the, the keto flexing, like you just talked about, or even just lowering carbs or getting to that, that 50 grams a day, you know, what are some tools and resources that you share with your clients that you find are most supportive for someone getting started? That's maybe, you know, nervous or scared or, you know, getting all caught up in their mind, uh, as we do as human beings and, um, you know, how we can over overcome some of those hurdles to just get started? Yeah, there's a couple of things you can do that in 14 days from now, if you follow these two steps, you're going to feel a lot better and, and maybe even lose some weight and have more energy. So the first tip is, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but a gradual decrease of the carbohydrates that you're eating. And let's say the average American eats about 300 to 400 grams of carbs per day. So if that's you, then maybe 20% decrease every single day until eventually in maybe seven days in time frame wise, in seven days, you get your total carbs below 50 grams. I wouldn't recommend doing it all in one day, the cold turkey approach, because the brain could panic. But in seven days, good approach. At the same time, the second tip here is to follow the 2222 rule. Now, this is outlined in the book. I'm going to share it with you right now. Every single day until you achieve ketosis. So, if maybe for the first seven days, you want to hit this rule, you're going to consume two tablespoons of olive oil or avocado oil, 
two tablespoons of grass-fed butter or grass-fed ghee, two tablespoons of coconut oil or MCT oil, and then two teaspoons of sea salt. Mm -hmm. This is going to do a lot of things. The, the getting in a, an abundance of healthy fat, as you lower glucose because you're lowering your an, an insulin because you're lowering your total carbs, you're introducing healthy fats, and now your body is going to see all the fat and start burning that, and it's going to be a good transition for you. And then the sea salt is there because as you lower glucose and insulin, you lose a lot of excess water weight, which is great, but the kidneys also release a lot of electrolytes. So you want to replenish that. That's where you hear things like the keto flu and maybe a headache as you're making the transition, but getting your electrolytes up with sea salt when with healthy fats and a slow decrease in carbs, you do that in seven to 14 days, you're going to be in ketosis, feeling great. And that those two tips work really, really well. Yeah. Wow. Those are powerful. I've, I love the two, two, two one. I'm going to have to start doing that. Um, <laughs> and I know like a lot of people listening might be, might be in that space. Cause I, I know you've probably come up a lot against this Ben in, you know, the mentality of fat is bad, right? Fat is scary. Fat will make me fat. Right. I know a lot of women, you know, a lot of, a lot of us are still kind of coming out of that era, whether it was our parents, it was for me, it was mostly my parents era, but um, you know, really kind of making friends with fat again and, and knowing that we need that. So I, I love that you're, you know, advocating for that because we do need fat, you know, our, our body and our brain, especially, you know, needs, needs all of this. Right. So That's right. don't be afraid to eat those. Um, I don't know, like you mix all those together in one, one drink. Oh or... yeah. yeah. Good, good, good question. Because how do you get that I get, in? I get that asked a lot. It's so it's throughout the day. It's not in yeah. one sitting. Perfect. That's a lot of fat. So think about the oils you're using to cook your food in, your salad dressings, your dips. So it's throughout the whole day. It's not in one sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, come on, we could probably eat some tablespoons of coconut <laughs> oil. That's delicious. <laughs> uh, I, I could do that. That's a great yeah. little tip. I've, sometimes when I'm doing a fast, let's say I'm like 18 hours in and I start to get some hunger pangs, I'll go and grab a tablespoon of coconut oil and my hunger pangs go away. So I, yeah. it tastes, to your point, tastes delicious. Yeah. 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 And at the same time, then you can use it for oil pulling and we can get some of that good stuff exactly. out of the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Multi-use that coconut oil. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So on the flip side, you know, now that everybody's, you know, got some amazing tips to get started, I know you speak a lot to this on your YouTube channel and, and online. And I think it's really important to, to talk about some of the common mistakes, you know, a lot of people getting into whether it's intermittent fasting or even just keto, right. We can do it in a very unhealthy way. Um, and I know one, for example, that comes to top of mind that I am always having to remind people of, right. This isn't about starving yourself. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people coming off of that restricting calories mindset of like, well, I just have to eat less, right. If I'm fasting, you know, I'm going to have one meal a day, one tiny meal a day, and then I'm going to starve myself. Right. Um, so what are, what are some of the other, you know, major mistakes that you see either, you know, in the, in the food realm or in the, like, you know, the, the habitual side of things, um, as people are starting to get into this. Yeah. You said it with fasting. You're, you're right. You know, fasting is great, but just as important as the fasting is the feasting. And when I say feasting, I don't mean like cheating and eating whatever you want, but you got to eat enough and you got to eat enough protein specifically. So OMAD is great, which is one meal a day, but not every single day. You're not, going to be able, you're not going to be able to hit your protein requirements. So how do you know what your protein requirements are? I'm going to make it very simple for you. And you want to make sure you're hitting this requirement most days, maybe four to five days out of the week. Uh, and if you're doing OMAD every day, for sure, you're not going to be able to hit it. So you want to take your ideal body weight, meaning uh, I'm going to use you know pounds here. So if you're you know, you know, in the UK or something, just convert it. But let's say your ideal body weight, let's say you weigh 165 pounds, but you want to lose about 
30 pounds because your ideal body weight is 135 pounds. Well, you want to now take your ideal body weight, which is 135 pounds in this example, and you want to eat one gram of protein per pound of your ideal body weight. So for this example, you want to consume 135 grams of protein every single day, or at least most days. And if you're hitting that on most of the days, let's say four to five days out of the week, you're going to be in good shape. The problem is that when people do too much fasting, they don't get enough protein. And protein is important for so many reasons. It's going to help you build lean muscle mass. Muscle is a longevity organ. But also, if you struggle with cravings and snacking, protein activates cholecystokinin, leptin, peptide YY. These are just chemicals and hormones that tell your brain you're full, put down the fork. So it'll help you feel satiated. So you want to make sure you're hitting that protein requirements. The big mistake I see people make with fasting, they get too much autophagy, which is this recycling repair. It's catabolic. It's great, but too much is not a good thing. They don't get, too, they don't get enough mTOR, which is anabolic and growth. So by getting that protein requirement on most of your days, balancing that out with fasting, you get the best of both worlds. So with fasting, that's a mistake I see. With keto, the mistake I see is eating the wrong fats. You know, there are what's called PUFAs. PUFAs stand for polyunsaturated fatty acids. They're very unstable, unstable omega-6 fats, also called linoleic acid. So there's a whole set. I'm going to list eight of them that we yeah. want to avoid, whether you're doing keto or not. But I want to make the point for your audience to really avoid these because they're highly inflammatory. Yeah. Worse, I believe they're worse than processed sugar and carbs. And some experts say even worse than smoking cigarettes. I interviewed Dr. Kate Shanahan. She's a leading authority, authority on, on researching PUFAs. She, she was also the nutritionist for the Los Angeles Lakers when Kobe Bryant used to be there. She was Kobe's nutritionist. And she wrote Deep Nutrition, Fat Burn Fix. So I interviewed her on my Keto Camp podcast. And then I interviewed a gentleman named Brian Peskin, MIT researcher. And I asked them both the same question. What do you think is worse for you? Smoking cigarettes each day, or eating these vegetable oils. And they both said, without a doubt, the vegetable oils were worse. Wow. Okay, so that speaks volume. So here's a list of the eight. They're, they're called the hateful eight. Dr. Kate Shanahan calls them three C's, three S's, and then two others. So here are the three C's, canola, corn, cottonseed. And then the three S's are soybean, safflower, sunflower. And then you have uh, rice bran oil and grapeseed oil. Those are the hateful eight. That's a big wow. mistake because they're all keto friendly, but they're, they're not health friendly. So you want to switch over to that two, 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 two rule. And you could add things like beef tallow and duck fat and, and, you know, eggs and beef to that list, but you want quality fat. That's a big mistake people make on keto. Yeah, that's, I'm so glad that you mentioned those. And I have to get Kate on, on here as well, too, because it's so fascinating, this conversation yeah. around those fats. Um, I've heard lots of people say that, you know, I'll, I'll attest to that as well. You know, the, the little bit I know, you know, I'm obviously not a scientist, but, um, you know, kind of a being on par or, or worse than sugar. And I know a lot of you are here, you know, tuning into this podcast because you know how, how toxic sugar is. Um, and we're forgetting about these other, these other areas, right. That are, you know, sometimes even, even worse. So thank you for, for mentioning those. I know that's, um, that's a really eye-opening one for a lot. And it, it does take a certain level of, you know, relearning just like with sugar, right. When you go to the grocery store, how do you, how do you start hunting, you know, these things down and learning to label read, right. And not being tricked. And just like, 
you know, anything right now, I know like this whole movement's happening away from sugar. So all these keto products are popping up and I'm, I'm sure you can attest to this. You know, a lot of them are filled with, you know, exactly these, these hateful eight oils yeah. and a whole list of other preservatives and chemicals and, you know, making it not a health product anymore as well. So we have to be careful, you know, the food marketers are onto us, you know, trying to cut down our carbohydrates and we need to, we need to take back that responsibility for our health, right? And, right. and label read, it's simple, it's easy, you know, learn what real food is and uh, learn learn what are these toxic preservatives so you can start making better choices, right? One, one day at a time, so. Very important point, you're right, because these these food marketers are very, very smart. So they'll say like keto-friendly, gluten-free, paleo-approved or whatever it is, Whole30. But you don't want to fall for that to Danielle's point. You want to look at the ingredients. And if you see any of those hateful eight oils, don't do it. If you see any of those artificial sweeteners like aspartame and sucralose, don't do it. You want to make sure you're not following, falling for the food labels, but instead looking at the ingredients. And I know it takes some time to do that, but it's so worth it. The half-life of linoleic acid, which are these bad fats, the half-life is two years. Meaning if you got rid of all the vegetable oils today, two years from now, half of that still remains in your fat cells, okay? They stick around for a long time. That's why I think they're worse than sugar. Now they don't create addiction like sugar does. So that's an argument to be made, but they create neuroinflammation, which could lead to sugar addiction. So we wanna make sure we avoid the vegetable oils. Yeah, yeah, so good. So important. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that out, Ben. Um, so I'm curious, and I think you touched on this a little bit, but I have to bring this in because this is a big thing that, you know, we're, we're, we're quote unquote preaching here on the podcast, right. Is really being careful. I know so many women and so many of us coming out of a lifetime of dieting, right. And restrict and binge and just the mental toll that that takes, you know, around building a shameful and, and hateful relationship with food. So with something like this, where we are, you know, um, you know, we are restricting in a way, you know, being very cautious or intentional with how many carbs we have or, or, um, lowering things and kind of managing a diet in a specific way, you know, how do we, how do we approach keto or even keto flexing, right. To avoid slipping into that old, you know, mentality and old way of thinking, you know, and, mm -hmm. and not, not thinking of this, like you said, as a diet, this isn't about like, you can't have something and you should hate yourself if you have a glass of wine, right? Like we need to be careful. And I know that you agree with this. So I'm curious about your thoughts on how we approach that. Anybody who's listening, and I know a lot of my listeners have a, have a history of maybe eating disorders or struggle with this kind of mentality around food and instead wanting to build a more peaceful relationship with food. So how, yeah. do, how do we approach that? Or what are your thoughts on that? It's a great, great question. Very important question. Mm -hmm. A couple of things. Number one, whether you're doing keto or not, but whatever nutrition plan you follow, don't go into it looking to lose weight. Mm -hmm. I, look, I get it. I, I wanted to lose weight. I was 80 pounds overweight. It's okay to have a weight loss goal, but that shouldn't be your main driver because the body doesn't work that way. The body doesn't lose weight to get healthy. The body gets healthy to lose weight. So you go into focusing on health, meaning the scale should not let you know whether or not your approach is working for you. We need to focus on what I call non-scale victories. So if it's keto, paleo, whatever it is, focus on non-scale victories, not the scale. Eventually, the weight will come off because it's a side effect of getting healthy, but it'll stay off. But focus on your energy levels. Focus on your skin complexion. Maybe take some body fat, some measurements, some photo, 
some photos. Uh, maybe you're looking at your sleep scores and everything is improving, your heart rate variability, your deep sleep, et cetera. Pay attention to that. And as you continuously get healthy, then the weight comes off and it stays off. But if you're just focusing on the scale, the scale is a damn liar and it will fluctuate for so many reasons. So number one, go into it, go into it focusing on health, not weight loss. So many people are going on Dr. Google and looking for how do I lose weight? How do I lose weight? How do I lose 10 pounds in two, in two weeks? How do I lose 30 pounds in 30 days? The question they should be asking is, how do I get healthy? How do I lower insulin? How do I reduce inflammation? That is the question you should be asking and, and pursuing, not so much the weight loss, because you don't have a weight problem. If you weigh 300 pounds, you don't have a weight problem. I was obese. I never had a weight problem. It's a weight symptom. You take care of the cause, which is hormones, inflammation, and the symptom goes away by default. Second tip is have small wins every single day, okay? Don't compete against your husband who's doing the same approach or your wife or your friend or somebody else in your community and whatever group you're in. Only compete against yourself and what you did yesterday. Have better thoughts today than you did yesterday. Make a couple of tweaks today for the better that you didn't do yesterday. Small tweaks lead to giant peaks. The model we have at Keto Camp is to beat yesterday. So as long as you have small wins every single day, you start to habit stack, and then you, you're gonna gain momentum. And then you have more habits week one, week two, week three. So focus on those non-scale victories, make small little tweaks, go into it health-focused, and that's gonna give you longevity in whatever approach you're following. Yeah, wow. that That's so powerful, Ben. Thank you for sharing those. You know, I love... I love how you're mentioning, right. Coming at it, not, not being about the weight. And it's so, it's so true. You know, we've, we've got this backwards mindset still floating around back there somewhere in our subconscious, right. That, you know, our main goal is to lose weight. And I, I often do an exercise. I'm sure you do this with your clients too, right off the bat. Like we need to dive in a couple levels to why, like even getting to the bottom of that. And usually it has nothing to do with like the weight itself, right. It's, we want to feel a certain way. Oh, I want to have energy. Like, you know, I want to be able to play with my kids and live a long time. You know, there's a lot deeper levels to this and, and, um, yeah, you're so right. We, we like the, the, the weight is not the problem. It's why the weight is there. You know, what's at the root of this. I'm obsessed with root cause, like really getting into mentally, physically, uh, you know, all of that. So it really is, um, powerful when you do go in being like, I want to just feel better. I want to be healthy. And it's funny how the weight just falls off, right? You start honoring your emotions. You start changing your mindset, like drinking more water, sleeping. And you're like, wait a second, I'm losing weight. (laughs) How did this happen? I wasn't even focusing on it. Exactly. um, I, on another note, I haven't owned a scale in years. I, I literally have no idea how much I weigh. Like awesome. I'm just so connected and, um, yeah, it's, it's really freeing, you know, and I know for some of you listening, you know, that might be a tool that you, you actually have a healthy relationship with, but I, I it's very rare, especially as women, you know, we, we, um, you know, we really judge our worth off of a number, right. And, True. and how our genes fit. And when we're, you know, tapping into those pieces around, you know, feeling shameful or feeling worthless or unlovable, you know, all these root beliefs, um, we're, we're not ever going to be successful, right. We're going to keep staying in those self-sabotaging patterns and, and, um, really struggling with that. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, that mindset shift there around heading in, heading in right with a different intention to this plan and to this, this healing journey, right. Using keto. So, yeah, yeah, you said it and your, your why is important, you know? So yeah. like you said, reasons come before results. So what's your why, you know, it's not as, as superficial as I want to lose a hundred pounds. That's a great goal, but that's not what your why is. Like Danielle said, where is it showing up in your life? 
You might not have energy for your kids. You might be struggling at work because you have brain fog. Why? Why do you want to get healthy and keep that why in front of you? When the why is strong, the how becomes easier. So that's a very important tip. So you said it well, Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you, Ben, you know, what was your why thinking back to 2008? You know, what, what was the big driver for you there? Well, for me in the beginning was a, was a shallow why, but it was strong enough to get me started. So the shallow why was, okay, my ex-girlfriend broke up with me. I'm going to show her what she missed, right? I'm going to, I'm going to get a six pack and I'm going to get super fit and she's going to see what she missed out on. And that could only get you so far. And then as I started making the changes, a lot of my friends and family members were asking me, you know, how are you doing this? And I started kind of giving them some coaching and writing some articles. And then I just became obsessed with wanting to teach and wanting to educate. Well, first educate myself and study and then teach it to my friends and community. So it became this obsession that just continued to grow and grow and grow. And that's my why is to study and to teach as many people as possible. In fact, to educate and to inspire 1 billion people on planet earth is, is the goal at Keto Camp. I love that. I love that goal. It goes <laughs> against everything we've been taught, right? Set your goals realistic and tiny and, and don't change uh, the world, right? I love that, Ben. I love that you're owning that. That's so you. good. Yeah. Thanks, and thanks. let me know how I can help. I'm, I'm totally in there with you. We're, we're yeah, changing well, the world. You know, conversations like this and all the work that you're doing, it's, a, it's all part of it. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So the, the last thing that I really wanted to dive into, we're kind of going to pivot here and, and dive even deeper into this inner world that we are talking about. Um, I know you often talk about something called vitamin G. I'd love to hear more about vitamin G. Everybody's panicking now. Wait, wait, I don't have a vitamin G supplement. How do I get this? <laughs> right? Like, what do, what do you mean? There's a vitamin I'm missing. I take my D, I take my C. <laughs> so what is, what is vitamin G, right? And how, why is it important? And, and how do we, how do we get more of it in our life? Yeah, vi- vitamin G is the most powerful supplement that you could take, uh, more powerful than vitamin C, A, D, E, K, multivitamin, fish oil, whatever it is. Now, vitamin G is actually, it's a free supplement that you could take at any time. Uh, and it has been proven. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, if you're familiar with his work, great guy, great work. He's done brain scans, MRI scans on brains. Uh, of thousands of people. And he has determined that once you take this vitamin, vitamin G, 1200 different chemical processes go on in the body instantaneously that put the body in a healing anti-inflammatory restorative state. Okay. This is vitamin G, which is vitamin gratitude. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is easy to do and take, but it's easy not to do. That's the problem with it. But vitamin G gratitude, what you appreciate, appreciates. Going back to the first thing we spoke about, it's a universal law. Whatever you feed energy to expands. Whether you believe in this or not, this is a fact. It's not an opinion. So if you're feeding energy to the things that are working for you, I'm I'm so grateful for Zoom and this podcast, Mike, and the technology and the lights and my beautiful dog here and Danielle's work and the sunshine coming through my window. I mean, the more you focus on what you're grateful for, guess what? The more you have to be grateful for, because what you think about and what you think about, you bring about. There's a part of your brain called the reticular activation system, RAS. It's a selective seeking mechanism, and it's built for survival because we needed to survive. So here's an example of how gratitude works from a scientific standpoint. You want to buy a car, red Tesla on the internet, looking at red Tesla. Should I own? Should I lease? Should I buy a used one, a new one? 
you finally go to dealership and you buy this beautiful red Tesla and you're driving home, super excited. And all of a sudden you see a red Tesla dart past you on the highway and you think, oh, whoa, that's so weird. I just bought one. This person had one. Anyways, you just keep driving. And then for weeks, you see red Teslas almost every single day as you drive your red Tesla. And you're thinking, did everybody buy a red Tesla? Because I just bought one. I thought I was cool. Well, no, they always had the red Teslas. The red Teslas were always there, but now you've activated the reticular activation system to see it. Meaning if you're focusing on what's not working for you and all the challenges and all the things you hate and all the whatever negative stinking thinking, RES will go to work to give you more of that. But if you focus on gratitude and love and abundance and appreciation, RES goes to work to give you more of that. That's how gratitude works. So if you don't have a gratitude practice, write down 10 things you're grateful for before bed. And then in the morning, write down 10 things you're grateful for, or just spend some time throughout the day sprinkling in gratitude. There's always something to be grateful for. The fact that you're alive right now Mm -hmm. is a miracle in itself. So vitamin G is imperative. If you want to heal your body, this is the most potent vitamin you could take and it happens instantaneously. Yeah. Wow. Love it. And it's free. We can do this. right? We've heard this before. I mean, we've, we, we know the power of this. I'm so grateful that you did share a little bit more about the science of it. And, you know, I want to add to that, right. How, when we stay in a state of gratitude, it actually lowers our, even our, our nervous system activation. Right. I know a lot of us are walking around like, you know, totally activated and inflamed, right. From this, this stressful state that we live in. So things like this, right. We're training our mind to like find a bit more peace and, and see the good in things. Mind you, it's okay to also see the bad. There's also times that I'm thinking, you know, when I've used this, like there's, it's okay to also go through bad times. You know, we're not saying that you have to always, you know, be positive, but you know, really even in those moments, you know, one of the biggest shifts that I've made is, and actually just this last week, I've had a couple hard days, just various things going on. And really actually, even while I'm in that moment, having gratitude for the challenge, right. Mm-hmm. For the struggle. Yeah. Cause I know that it's going to bring something like you were saying, I know just from my own awareness and experience of doing this work the last six years, I know how the universe works now. I know that, you know, if something leaves my life, it's opening room for something new, or if something, you know, difficult cha- happens and, and really emotionally challenging for me, I know that it's preparing me, you know, to, for what's next, or it's releasing something that I need to release from past traumas that's coming up for me. So I can kind of be grateful. And I want to encourage everybody to bring gratitude. Not it's, I mean, it's easy to be grateful for the good things, right. But can we also be grateful for what the difficult challenges are preparing us for? And yeah. I think that that's kind of level two, right. But yeah. really important <laughs> to say, cause that, you know, we can, I think there's so much power in that. And I don't know, Ben, if you've, you've been doing that or you notice that as well, like in those challenging situations, leaning yeah. into that. Yeah, no, it, it's, I love that you do that because you're right. There's always a lesson to be learned. And we're not talking about, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. We're not talking about a fake positivity and just be positive all the time and all your troubles will go away. That's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're saying to have a healthy balance of, you know, being in your challenging thoughts and identifying what's the learning opportunities and the lessons and having gratitude for that, but then also focusing all on all the things that are going right for you. So many times we have this imbalance and we're just focusing on all the things that are not working for us and we're playing the victim card. So what we're saying here is let's balance it out. Law of polarity. For every negative, there's a positive. What about all the great things that are happening for you? So um, to your point, when you are going through a challenge, what can you learn from it? Every challenge has a seed of opportunity in it. But if we don't take the time to slow down 
and become aware, like Danielle's saying, then we just, we miss it. And then that opportunity is lost. And there's no such thing as failure unless you quit and you don't learn from something. Then you are experiencing failure. You're not a failure, but you're experiencing failure. But if you can always learn from things, you never fail. You just keep planting the seeds and learning, and then you keep changing your ways. So that's that's the mindset we're referring to. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned failure, Ben, because that, that's exactly what we're talking about here too. That's a big one that I talk about with everyone. You know, it's, that was one of the most influential mindset changes that I ever made was seeing like redefining what failure meant, mm-hmm. you know, and, and seeing failures actually mandatory on your path to growth, right? Like nobody learns to walk without falling down the stairs a bunch of times, right? Like right. scraping your knees, right? You actually literally have to like work your way through things. And it's only if you take the lesson and learn, you know, that, um, and for that, we can be grateful, right? So seeing failure is like a gift. And I see that yeah. now. And it's, it's so great when I have a bad day, even if I eat too much sugar or there's a bad day or something happens where I'm, I'm stuck in my stinking thinking, right. And I'm, Oh, okay. You know, what can I do differently next time? Or, Oh, I see why that happened. You know, how can I set myself up better next time? You know, there's just so many gifts in this journey. And when we can start to see that, I find it really takes a lot of that pressure that so many of us have put on right around like the guilt and the shame, you know, I'm a horrible person or there's something wrong with me and, you know, kind of getting into those, those negative thoughts, you know, we can kind of walk ourselves out of those and be like, Oh, I'm grateful for this, like this yeah, lesson. Right. And that the, the better you can get at that, meaning closing the gap between being in that negative yeah. mindset to choosing the better or having the awareness to choose a better thought. That's the goal because we're, we're always, no matter how successful a person is, they're always going to have those challenging self-limiting thoughts, but the people who are really successful have the ability of closing the gap between, okay, you know, I just thought something really negative. What does that really mean? Let me, let me focus my attention on something positive. So the closer you do, uh, the better you can get at closing that gap, the happier, healthier you're going to be in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an important message, right? It's not about never having a hard day again, or, mm-hmm. or being in those spaces, right? We're human beings in this, in this 3d reality, right? Like it's going to happen. Life's going to throw yeah. pandemics at us and other things. So, you know, we yeah. can, we can, you know, really just, is it a day that you stay there or is it, you know, a month, right. And kind of uh, shortening that. I, I love that you mentioned that it's so powerful. And we are, you said we are human beings, not human doings, right? So it's mm-hmm. be, do have, first of all, you got to be, and that's your thoughts. That's gratitude. All the things we're speaking about here. So we're human yeah. beings, not human doings. Yeah. That's a topic for another podcast, Ben. I love that. <laughs> I love that conversation. That's something that's so near and dear to my heart. I've learned so much about how to slow down and actually be and, and the answers that come from that, as opposed to, I mean, being busy is another addiction, right? So, um, that was something I was definitely using to, to escape and numb out, you know, of, of all the inner stuff that I was trying to avoid. Um, yeah. and I know so many of us do that. So, uh, yeah, totally. definitely a conversation for a whole nother podcast. So round two, <laughs> round two, Ben. Okay. Done <laughs> deal. Um, this has been amazing. We've, we've really covered a, a lot. Is there anything that you think we missed or any last, uh, pieces that you want to bring in and, and share today? No, we, we, we did cover a lot, you know, so I, I would say, Take action with one or two things that really resonated with you and then master those one or two things and then go back to the episode and then take action with one or two more things and master those and kind of go back. So whatever resonated with you, take massive action. It's it's not, unfortunately, it's the problem we have nowadays is not lack of information. It's too much information. So information doesn't change anybody's lives. If information changed our lives, every librarian would be a multi-billionaire. Okay. Right. Right. And we'd all be healthy and, <laughs> and, and we'd all be healthy yeah. celebrities, but it's, yeah. and it's not information that changes your life. First and foremost, it's, it's the right information that resonates with you. Number one, 
and then taking action on that, mastering one or two things and then going to the next thing. It's, it's the application of the right information that changes your life. So that leaves me to say whatever resonated with you the most, pick one or two things. Maybe it's the gratitude. Maybe it's getting into ketosis. Maybe it's fasting. Pick one or two things max. Master that and then come back and then pick a couple things and master that. Listen to the other episodes on, on Danielle's podcast. Master one or two things and then move on to the next one. That will be my, my uh, final words for your audience. Final tips. So important because it can become very overwhelming. So I love that. Yeah. Very simple. One or two things like just, just apply it. Right. That's, that's the trick that we've all, the, the secret pill that everybody's been looking for. Right. It's <laughs> application. Actually application. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> oh, this is awesome, Ben. I love chatting with you. Um, and I know that you actually have some, some exciting things coming up. So why don't you share with the audience where they can find you online and, and um, some of the things that they can get involved with that you've got coming up. Yeah. So uh, my website's benazadi.com. If you want to learn more about me, uh, we spoke a little bit about my book, KetoFlex, which you can get over at ketoflexbook.com. It's available on paperback, Kindle, and a couple of weeks ago, just got released on Audible. I, I nice. narrated it myself. So uh, ketoflexbook.com. Uh, and then I'm hosting a free seven-day keto challenge coming up in May, May 9th. And if you want to learn more about that, it's going to be seven days where I really go deep into keto, fasting, carnivore mindset, just a deep dive, seven days of understanding how this works. It's a free challenge. If you head to www.ketocampchallenge.com, keep in mind camp is spelled with a K, ketocampchallenge.com. You can learn about that. I'd love to have you in there to show you what we teach here at Keto Camp. Yeah. Amazing. I'm going to have to join. This sounds like, I mean, I'm always yes. wanting to learn and I love everything you share. So this is, that's going to be an incredible challenge and a perfect time for spring. And I'll exactly. make sure to, that the link is below the show notes here. So if anybody missed that, uh, make sure that everything's linked up so you can just jump on over and, and connect with Ben and, and everything amazing that you're doing there. So thank you, Danielle. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for being here. This is, this is amazing. I can't wait to have you back of course. And everyone listening, I hope that you got a lot out of that and that you already know that one or two things that you're going to go and start implementing today. That's, that's our wish for you is to start, start applying that and obviously going and checking out, um, Ben's challenge and everything else going on. So thanks again, everyone Thank for being Daniel. here. Yeah. And we'll see you. We'll see you again soon. See you again soon. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for the conversation. It was awesome, Danielle. Awesome. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you're loving what we talked about today, please remember to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with someone you love. And if you're ready to dive deeper into discovering your root causes and patterns that are keeping you hooked on sugar, be sure to check out our brand new free workshop series that will help you kick emotional eating for good. Find the link to download this free series and other amazing resources in the show notes below.